0: Today's story is from the Singhasan Bhatisi, featuring a talking deer, a Pandu-like curse, a Rishi who's desperately waiting to meet Vikramaditya, and Betal to the rescue. Welcome to Stories from India. This is a podcast that will take you on a journey through the rich mythology, folklore and history of the Indian subcontinent. I am Narad Muni, the celestial storyteller and the original Time Lord. With my ability to travel through space and time, I can bring you exciting and fascinating stories from the past the present and the future. From the epic tales of the Mahabharata and Ramayana to the folk tales of the Panchatantra and the stories of Akbar Birbal and Tenali Raman, I have a story for every occasion. The purpose of the stories is neither to pass judgment nor to indoctrinate. My goal is only to share these stories with people. Who may not have heard them before and to make them more entertaining for those who have. In this episode, we are back to the Singhasan Bhattisi by popular demand. The Singhasan Bhattisi is a series of 32 stories, all featuring the throne of King Vikram Aditya. Singhasan means throne. And Bhattisi means 32 of something. In this case, the 32 things they are referring to are stories, or storytellers, because each of the 32 stories is told by a different storyteller. So far, we have done three singhasan Bhattisi episodes. The first was in episode 124, which had the framing narrative and then we did a couple of stories in episode 136 and episode 164 let's do a brief recap of the framing story after which we'll cover another one of the 32 stories the framing story began not with vikramaditya but with a different king raja bhoj bhoj appeared on the scene Several centuries after Vikramaditya had passed on Vikramaditya was an immensely popular king It wasn't just the Vikram and Betal stories some of which we have covered on the show Vikramaditya was a regular crowd pleaser During Pooja's time pick up any celebrity magazine comic book murder mystery romance, or even just a philosophical essay. Chances are, there would be a Vikramaditya reference in there. Vikramaditya dominated the Dewey Decimal System to such an extent that librarians dreaded questions from eager patrons asking them for any Vikramaditya references. Vikramaditya's throne was a topic that filled the shelves under the classification 001.09 in Bhoja's Royal Library. That section is meant for controversial knowledge. You know, lost continents like the Kumari Kandham and how aliens are supposed to have visited Earth and built every monument and site and also lost artifacts, which included Vikramaditya's legendary throne. The throne was a gift from Indra. Indra, in case you don't know, was the king of the devs and the ruler of Svarg, or heaven. Over the centuries, people searched for this throne with a passion that was not unlike that in the search for the Holy Grail or the lost Ark of the Covenant. But the discovery of Vikramaditya's throne can be attributed to neither Indiana Jones nor Lara Croft. The discoverer was an ordinary farmer in Bhoj's time. Raja Bhoj observed that the farmer's behavior suddenly changed when he was in the vicinity of a particular hill. So, Bhoj had this strange, mind-altering hill dug up. And that's where the throne was found. Looking at the throne, set off a bunch of new ideas in Bhoj's head. He had been a good king, but an average one, so far. Now, by sitting on Vikramaditya's throne, he might inherit some of its powers and he might become a famous king himself, perhaps even more famous than Vikramaditya. Poja's people cleaned the throne and prepared it for him. And because for some reason they couldn't manage to move the throne, they just ended up building an entire palace around it. Even average kings were very rich in those days. So spending all that taxpayer money on a new palace was not really a problem. Bhoja's architects and builders had done a terrific job. As you might expect from people who were promised a blank cheque. And I don't mean that the entire cheque was blank. It was a signed blank check. An unsigned blank check might not have motivated the builders to do their best. Anyway, these builders had constructed a stairway with 32 steps leading up to the throne. They chose 32 because they noticed that the throne had 32 Apsara idols on its sides. It was a really good thing that they chose that because it makes it easy for us to track the stories. When Bhoj took a step towards the throne, to everyone's surprise, one of the idols flew out of its spot. It hovered in the air near Bhoj and presented him with a challenge. He could sit on the throne but only if he felt that he was worthy of it. The idol told him a story and asked him a true-false question. Bhoj needed to provide a sincere reply. That was absolutely necessary. The Apsara idol had an AI-powered lie detection module, so she could be sure whether or not he was telling the truth. The idol narrated a story and asked the king a question. Bhoja answered and the idol flew away because Bhoj's answer did not match Vikramaditya's action. The throne looked just as pretty with 31 idols instead of 32. So the king didn't worry. But then, The same thing happened with the next idol, and so on, and so forth. Today, we'll hear one such story. The third Apsara hovered near Bhoj, who had just put his foot on the third step. Hey, buddy, she said. So you're the king who's trying to sit on Vikramaditya's Singhasan? I'm pleased to meet you. And I am also glad that I am not the first idol out of the throne. Otherwise, I would have had to explain all the rules to you. Bose said that, yeah, it was a pleasure and all that. But he had a new question about the rules. What if he had skipped a couple of steps in his ascent? What would have happened then? would he have had to listen to fewer stories? What if he was airlifted right onto the throne so that he reached it without setting foot on a single step? You humans, the Apsara said, you don't stop to think, do you? It's not the steps, it's the degree of intent in your mind if you had actually decided to skip the steps and be lowered down by a helicopter or something, one of us would appear the moment you made that decision. Do you get it now? I don't know if Boj got it. Or maybe he just wanted to get on with the story. People had paid premium prices to view his inauguration and his ascent to the throne. All this chatter, this, was going to be boring for them if he didn't get a move on soon. With the audience's engagement in mind, at least for this step, Bhoj had had the presence of mind to hire the theatre crew. They could do a real-time reenactment of the story as the Apsara told it. Get some valley out of it. The Apsara began her story. Once upon a time, Vikramaditya went hunting, she said. Hold on, time out, just a second, Bhoja interrupted. One of the theatre crew had dashed away to get some hunting props. The impatient Apsara said something about how the show must go on. But she needn't have bothered. The cast member rushed back just then, with deer antlers and a fake horse prop. All was in order. So, Bhoj gave her the signal and the Apsara continued her story. So, once upon a time, King Vikramaditya went hunting. By the way, I'm just going to call him Vik because that's easier. Vik went hunting all by himself. Typically, when a king goes hunting, they have with them the best possible gear. There is usually the kind that kills a deer right away, like a bow and arrow or a spear. But there's also a second type, to capture a deer without injuring it, at least not physically. On this occasion, Vic used the second variety. He used a net to capture the deer. The deer was lucky that Vic hadn't used an arrow because it was no ordinary deer. This one could talk, and it could read Sanskrit perfectly well, which meant that it could read the property of label that was attached to the net. And from that label, it knew that its captor was King Vikramaditya. The deer's panic turned to hope once it knew that it was dealing with Vik. It had often heard of Vic's wisdom, his generosity, and the mercy he had shown others. So, the deer was confident that it could appeal to Vic and be released. It cleared its throat, put on its best bambi eyes, and said, Please, Your Highness, let me go. I'm very badly hurt. But Wick wasn't falling for it. Knock it off, dearie, he said. He got down from his horse and headed for the deer. But I'm hurt. I'm injured very badly. The deer fake sobbed. Nonsense, said Wick. I was more wounded the last time I cut my toenails. The deer sighed and said, Fine. But, hey, look, I'm a talking deer. Bet you never talked to a deer before. At least hear my story, please. Vic realized that the last bet was true. He had heard other animals talk but not a deer. All right, I'll bite. Tell me more. I'm not really a deer, the deer began. No, you definitely are. Want me to get you a mirror? Vic interrupted helpfully. No, 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 the deer said. What I mean is I'm just trapped. In the wrong body. My species was assigned human at birth. And that's how I identify. I'm even a prince. Who just like you. Went out hunting. I didn't take a net though. Just a bow and arrow. And then. I was transformed into a deer. Not my fault really. A Pandu curse got me. So, Vic, I know that you know all about Pandu and his curse. But some of our listeners of this story within a story within a story might not have heard it. So let me explain. Seriously? asked Vic. We are already within a story within a story within a story? And you want to go one more level deeper? No, I'm not standing for it. I'll do a summary instead. So, you see, Pandu was a king in the Mahabharata, which is one of the great epics in Indian mythology. You'll find links to it in the show notes. Anyway, once when Pandu was out hunting, he accidentally shot a rishi or a wise man, mistaking him for a deer. The Rishi cursed him. Pandu had a very short life after that. It's possible to claim that all of the rest of the Mahabharat would not have happened if not for this Pandu curse. All because of one bad aim. Is that what you are referring to? Deer. Yes, that is exactly what the deer had been referring to. Also, the deer had a name. He was called Banvarsane. It was awkward to keep calling him by the name of his species. How would Vic like it if Banvarsane kept calling him human instead of by his name? Panvarsen went on to explain that his mistake was similar to Pandu's, but not as severe. He had done only half of what Pandu had. Panvarsen hadn't actually killed the Rishi, but he had merely disturbed his prayers. The Rishi had transformed him into a deer as a punishment. And unlike Pandu's curse, Panvarasen's punishment could be broken. All that Panvarasen needed to do was to present the noblest soul in the world before the rishi and to hurry up and get a move on if possible because the lifespan of a deer is only four to five years. Panvarasen did get a move on. He checked with annoyed librarians who confirmed that the noble soul he was seeking was in fact Vikramaditya. And Banvarsane was wandering about with a map looking for Vikramaditya's kingdom when, as fate would have it, he was promptly caught in this net by Vik. If Vik didn't believe him, he could check his library card and the map. But after that, could Vik please go with him to the Rishi so that Banwar could turn back into the human prince that he was? Vick said, why not? And so the two of them sought out the Rishi who had put the curse on Banwar they found the Rishi quickly enough. He was hanging upside down from a nearby tree, praying. Choosing to go with Panwar Sen might seem a little rash on Vik's part. The Rishi was capricious enough to put a curse on a royal just because their hunting had disturbed him. Imagine what the Rishi might do if Vik's presence disturbed him. But Vic's risk-taking paid off. The Rishi did not curse him. In fact, he hopped down cheerfully from the tree and shook Vic's hand. Your Highness, it's such a pleasure to see you. I'm a huge, huge fan. I've been cursing everyone I can hoping that one of them will bring you here to me. That's fine, jolly old chap. But you can see that it's not a great idea to do that, right? All these innocent lives you're ruining. But this was totally worth it, the rishi said. I got to meet you. You're a legend, Vic. All those stories with you and the Betal? Say, can I meet the Betal too? In case some of you don't know what Betal means, a Betal is a reanimated corpse. It has been loosely translated as vampire by some Europeans who had an incomplete understanding of the full spectrum of creatures in Indian mythology you might say that the term zombie is closer, except that bathals could also talk lucidly and they could fly. All they did mostly was to hang down from trees like a bat. Anyway, back to Vic and his ardent fan. Maybe all this fanboying was a little bit annoying for someone who was as famous a celebrity as Wick was. So Wick, politely deflected the question. The Betal keeps his own schedule. He's not like a genie, you know. I can't just rub a magic lamp and expect him to show up. Wick and the Rishi chatted for a bit. And finally, they made a deal. Vik gave the Rishi a chain from around his neck. It was a necklace, custom made from exotic seashells. It had the Vikramaditya stamp on it, so the Rishi could proudly show it off to anyone and everyone he met. And in return, the Rishi lifted the curse on Banwar the deer, who now became Banwar the prince. The prince was grateful. Whoa! My arms and legs are all cramped from being stuck in a deer's body. By golly, it's great to be back in human form. Banwar and Vik thanked the rishi and departed. Vik had some parting advice for the rishi. The next time he needed an autograph or something, he should just go visit the person and ask them. Don't go about cursing people. The rishi readily agreed. As he waved them goodbye, the rishi also resolved to never wash the hand that he had just shaken with wicks. Panwar Sen, thanked Vic again. The prince explained that he was happy that he could finally go back to his kingdom. It was a long walk from here by human standards. As a deer, he could have covered it in half the time. So Vic took pity on the prince and offered to drop him off at his home. Vic and Banwarsein soon took one of Vic's speedier chariots and reached Banwarsein's kingdom in no time. Banwarsein was ecstatic to be back at the gates of his home. And the guards at the gate were also ecstatic to see him, but for all the wrong reasons. A guard Got out a pair of handcuffs and rushed towards Bunwardsain. A few others crowded around him. Hey, I saw him first. I get to claim the reward. Bunwardsain knew that Mansain, his father and the king of the land, must have been desperate to find him, But this level of enthusiasm was puzzling. And the handcuffs were puzzling too. But it soon became clear when Panwar Sain saw the posters on the walls. They weren't lost posters. They were wanted posters. And not just of him, but also of his father, Man I arrest you in the name of King Kapal Sain, said one soldier and he placed the cuffs on Banwar Sain's hands. Long live the king! shouted another soldier. Down with Mansain! and a few other soldiers cheered. Vic couldn't just stand idly by, especially not when one of the soldiers tried to arrest Vic for being Banwar Sain's accomplice and co-conspirator. That was the final straw. Vick pulled out a dirty-looking lamp, and he rubbed it. Instantly, the Betal appeared. Panwar Sen seemed shocked that Vick hadn't been totally transparent with the Rishi about how he summoned the Betal. And the Betal's first reaction on seeing the lamp was to roll his eyes. I thought we agreed that we were going to change the way you call me. The lamp thing was fun once. Just once, as a party trick. You can't do that again and again. The Betal would have gone on. But he saw now, that Vic was in clear and present danger. So he jumped in to help. The bethal was a corpse, already dead. The soldiers' swords had no effect on him. That is why he could resist them all. He fought all the guards by himself. Not just those at the gate, but those inside the palace too. And finally, the Betal defeated Kapal Sen as well. Kapal Sain was lying helpless on the floor. As Banwar Sain and Vik approached, Kapal Sain's soldiers finally caught on to which way the wind was blowing. A soldier stepped up bravely and said, Kapal Sen, I arrest you. In the name of Mansain. Down with Kapalsain! cheered another soldier. Long live Mansain! Long live Banvarsane! a few others said. The Apsara paused at this point and asked Bhoj her question. That's it. Mansein came back from hiding. Father and son were reunited, and they ruled over that kingdom. And Vic became an important trading partner after that. So tell me, Bhosh, would you have done what Vic did? Bhosh knew the answer was a hard no. There's no way Bhosh would have agreed to let the deer go. A talking deer? He would have wanted to set up a circus tent right there to show off the deer for a hundred rupees per person. Maybe children twelve and under could be free. But that was besides the point. Bhoj certainly wouldn't have gone with Banwar looking for a rishi who seemed to be waiting for opportunities to curse any king or prince out hunting in his woods. And even if Bhoj had done that for some reason, he wouldn't then have gone on to help Panwar with his coup. Bhoj would have decided not to interfere in the internal affairs of another kingdom. If Bhoj had had the Betal at his command, he certainly wouldn't have summoned it for a trifling misunderstanding. Both sighed as he saw that the Apsara had already flown away. She had evidently detected his answer before he even said it. Maybe he just didn't have an appetite for risk, he thought. Like, could he really have set a venomous scorpion on his brother in order to become king? No way! He looked at his theatre crew, who were exhausted from their live reenactment. Nice work, people. Take five, he told them. At least the inauguration audience was engaged. Something was going right. Another opportunity lost. He was three stories down but he still had 29 chances left to prove himself worthy of Vic's legacy. He'd get there, he thought. His stories wouldn't be called the Singhasan Bhattisi if he didn't actually hear all 32 stories. That's it for this time. Previous Singhasan Bhattisi stories are linked on the show notes and on the site sfipodcast.com. Check them out. We had started the Singhasan Bhattisi with Raja Abhoja's backstory in episode 1 to 4. A couple of previous stories include episode 136 and episode 164. The throne was made by King Indra, gifted to Vikramaditya. It augmented many of the king's powers. But Vic was smart in applying logic in solving a series of problems he had faced earlier in his career. Those problems were really case studies posed to him by a Betal whom he was trying to capture. In the next episode, we'll do a folk tale from Bengal. It's a story about an amazing parrot that knows everything. It knows exactly how to care for horses, where to find beautiful princesses, and how to woo them, how to restore sight to the blind, and it even knows the names of 330 million gods. Thank you for all the comments on social media and on Spotify's q and I can't directly reply to the questions there, but I'll address them here on this show. First of all, I'm extremely grateful to Vajayanti for all of the thoughtful comments on so many of the episodes. Thanks to Vamshidar for suggesting an episode on Mayasur and to Hari Prasad for suggesting the episode on Dakshin Murti. I'll be working on those and hopefully have those out soon. And Hot Wheels Yedant Man, I'm going to attempt to put some music in the background. Given the show is ad-free, I'm looking for appropriate, royalty-free music. If you have suggestions, let me know. Or who knows, maybe I'll just have to bring out the veena and compose something myself. Thank you also to Adnya and Rez and Adi for the feedback. It's feedback like this that keeps me motivated. If you have any other comments or suggestions or if there are any particular stories that you'd like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at SFIPodcast or Reply to the question on Spotify Q&A. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com.